0: I pray that you're all doing well. I wanna take a moment to talk a little bit about the presidency and some of the things that's been going on within our politics in the last year, just even with this presidential election. And a couple people have asked me for my thoughts and I've shared them privately but and I didn't really plan on sharing anything in a public forum but this morning I was running with my wife and as I'm running around the neighborhood this message comes on my heart just it's almost like a burning that's on my heart to kind of speak about my thoughts about the presidential campaign and just just how we're supporting it and really just what's what's a Christian response to all of this. And and it's not something that I normally, like I said, I don't normally choose to a topic I may choose to, but I know that it's something that um, I feel um, pressed upon from the Lord to be able to share this. And I want to be able to share just a Christian perspective on the presidency and where we go from here but to do that i want to talk from the position or the story of daniel from the book of daniel and hopefully there's some information from the book that we can glean from that will help us as we move forward. And we look into the campaign is whether some people are supporters of Trump or you think about uh, Biden, some people go back as far back as Obama in certain situations as the previous president and everyone, it seems like there's a lot of uh, conflicting thoughts and a lot of emotions that come behind a person's views and someone that may be on the other side of those views but how do we respond and and why are we should respond a certain way? So with that, I want to go into the book of Daniel and just share a few points from there, starting from the beginning. I won't go through the entire book, just maybe the first couple of chapters and really just share a few principles that we can glean from. So let's get in it. So in, in the beginning, in, uh, in the beginning, of the first chapter of Daniel, what's happening here, just to give a setting is that Jerusalem is being besieged by Babylon. And so they're taken into, captive, in, into captivity. But what happens here before they're taken into captivity, they're besieged. So now there's, there's nothing coming in, nothing coming out for six months. And so by the time the six months period it comes to an end there's a famine that's across the city in Jerusalem to where there's like no food there and then when the city walls come down then all the great houses are burned you think about the king's sons are killed in front of his, in front of his eyes there's a lot of destruction that is occurring around daniel at this time, they take them, they take some of the, the people of Israel, and they take them to Jerusalem, to Babylon, Babylon, I know there's some conflicting stories about the distance, but there's one report that is 900 miles. So you think about 900 miles, there's some other places that said 400, some other places at 500, some even further than that. But you, but anyway, even if you think about 400 miles, that's a long distance, and there's no, there's no cars or some convenient transportation. So you may think that these individuals that are taken in, into captivity are walking. So then when you get to this place, now uh, King Nebuchadnezzar is selecting people to serve within his court, right? In the king's palace. And they were asked to, cho- to choose men among them that were good looking from among the people of Israel that were good looking, gifted in wisdom, possessed knowledge, quick to understand, and had the ability to serve. So when you consider this, After all that happened, Daniel was considered one of those individuals, but he considered, he said within himself that I'm not going to defile myself that there's these king's delicacies that's being brought to all these, all these individuals to prepare them for selection. So they're not selected yet to be in the the king's palace in his service, but they're in this preparation stage. So he says, you know what, I'm not going to defy myself, but he goes to the chief of the eunuchs. It doesn't say anywhere that he wild out. It's not like, like Daniel verse chapter one, verse seven and Daniel wild out, or Daniel spoke out against the the king or he spoke against to the to the eunuch, the chief of eunuchs about what was happening. You don't see any of that. You see here someone just as the scriptures were describing, good looking gifted in wisdom, possessed knowledge, quick to understand and had the ability to serve. That was what was designated. Uh, what they're looking for is qualities, but Daniel emulated all the time. So we see here that he goes to him, not disrespectful, goes to the chief of the eunuchs, not in a dis- disrespectful manner, but to say that, that, okay, give me 10 days to kind of use, you know, a different diet, a diet of the Hebrews. And then after 10 days. You know, if we look better, then we'll keep pushing. If not, then, you know, we'll go a different way. But after those 10 days, they look better than all the rest. So then, you know, you get to this place where God gives him knowledge and skill in literature and wisdom and he had the understanding of all dreams and visions so now in the midst of somewhere that you don't want to be you've seen some devastation of, among your own people god has a purpose in that time just as in this time god has a purpose for us for all of us and so we have to be in the right position in right standing he's not fighting against anyone he, you don't hear about scriptures Speaking about him speaking out against other people or fighting people because they believe that, hey, we should stay here or we should do this or we should do that. He knew and it says a little bit later, he understood that there was going to be a 70 year period because he believed what Jeremiah was saying about this, that there's going to be a 70 year period of captivity. And now he's a part of that. He's a part of that fulfillment of a prophecy that went forth and warnings that have gone forth to the people of Israel. Now he's here, but now he's serving. And there's an opportunity that he may serve in the palace of the one that brought the the destruction and the captivity and his reason for being in Babylon. That may be someone we have to serve, which is a lot different from some of us. That's not the same experience that we may have. But yet, and still, he's choosing to serve because he has that ability to do so. So what we see here is that um, the Babylonian king had recognized, this is Nebuchadnezzar, recognized that Daniel and his three brethren were 10 times better than all the magicians and astrologers who were in the kingdom because they wound up being selected. So through this book, you're going to see this continual theme when you're, when you're talking about Daniel, that there's a problem. Daniel honors God. He handles himself righteously. God intervenes. God is glorified. Daniel's promoted. And we see this constant theme again and again. And then in the next chapter, when Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. And so the musicians and the astrologers are like, hey, tell us a dream. We'll give you the interpretation. King Nebuchadnezzar, uh, King Nebuchadnezzar was like, no you tell me the dream and its interpretation or else we're going we're going to kill all the wise men and they said basically that this was impossible that no person has this knowledge and and there's no god that has this knowledge either because because they don't dwell with man so then king nebuchadnezzar gets upset and then he sets off the decree that, hey, we're killing all the wise men. So as they're killing the wise men, they come to Daniel. Daniel, again, when the, when the, when the decree goes out, he speaks to them with wisdom and discretion. So then he asked the king for more time. And then he called Hananiah, uh, Mishael, and Azariah to pray to God so that he can show them mercy and tell the secret so that they will not be executed with the other men. Sure enough, that evening, God gives him the secret, gives him the interpretation. And when he receives it, this is what Daniel says. He says, blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. And he changes the times and seasons. He he removes kings and raises up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals deep and secret things. He knows what is in darkness and light dwells with him. I thank and praise you, O God of my fathers. You have given me wisdom and, and might and have now made known to me what ye asked for, what we asked for, for you have made known to us the king's demands. So in spite of this suffering, as I said before, in spite of dealing with famine and captivity and even a death notice, Daniel set himself to seek God and praise him when he provided an answer. Then Daniel provides the the information to the king, and the king acknowledges the greatness of God. This is what he says. He said, truly, God is the God of gods. So he said, well, truly, your God is the God of gods, the Lord of kings and a revealer of secrets. Since you could reveal the secret. Daniel is then given many great gifts, as as Nebuchadnezzar had promised previously, and and he was made ruler over the whole providence of Babylon. It gave him the opportunity also to help his three brothers as, uh, as well, as well as probably the rest of, of Israel, as well as the other people that are in captivity. And that's huge because now he's placed in the position because he was in this right position, because he honored God. He lived righteously and then he let God do the rest. And that should be our response. Because there may come a time when we're going to support someone or our local leaders, our civic leaders, even our national leaders. And we may not agree with their with their policies. We may not agree with the things that they're doing. We may not not agree with their character and their behavior, their demeanor. But when we move ourselves out of place, God cannot be glorified. Because now the king, the president, or we will think about the president now, will not see the glory of God, the greatness of our God. And it's not to say that any one of them, the president or the president-elect or anyone else is, is not a believer. But what is to show is that God is glorified and he can use you and I to do that. But how can he do that if we're arguing? How can he do that if we're fighting every person that doesn't believe what we believe about uh, uh, the president or another elected official? We fight them as believers and we're fighting among one another. How can God be glorified when we are trying to do the right thing but doing it in the wrong way? Because we are made to to glorify God and we can't forget that. That there's still a kingdom. There is a greater kingdom than all the kingdoms of the earth. It is the eternal kingdom. And it should be our goal, as the the Great Commission says, to make disciples of all nations, to teach all nations. That should be what we're going after is the kingdom of god to promote god's kingdom but oftentimes god is going to use people that we may not agree with to be able to get that done those individuals may make it a lot easier for us to move in those places this isn't to say what my beliefs are concerning our current president i'm going to support as we talk about in the military i'm gonna salute smartly and keep pressing we're going to pray as the scriptures tell us we're going to make sure that maybe it's going to be in a situation. You never know. I may be in the Oval Office for some reason. I'm in Alabama right now, but who knows? But if that time comes, then I know that God would put me in that position as a means to help many other people around me. Many of my brothers are in the military. Some of my military brethren be able to help support and, and, and be able to help them in the area that they may have need of. God may be using me and God may be using you. But then if we go in there and we're in the Oval Office and we have a bad attitude about it, then how can we glorify God? How can we help our brothers? How can we be like Daniel and put ourselves in a situation? It's not like he was scheming and plotting to get there, but God had a plan. God gave him wisdom and all Daniel did was he honored God. He lived righteously and then he let God do the rest. And in all that situation, we see that theme occurring again and again so that God can be glorified because God can use anybody to accomplish his purposes. Even when he was speaking of Nebuchadnezzar, he spoke of Nebuchadnezzar as his servant, as someone that didn't know God. But he said, that's my servant. Now, he dealt with him later on for his sin and his behavior. But at that time, you're my servant because I'm going to use you as a means to to um, to exact a certain type of punishment on the Israelites and bring them into captivity, as he said he would for their disobedience. But God uses anyone. So even in the sense of captivity, God is still showing mercy. God is still working his plan and promise to bring his people back to continue to love on them. So as we think of this, I want to read two quick scriptures. And before I close, the first one is in 1 Timothy 3, 1 and 4. And it says, therefore, I I, I exhort, first of all, that all supplication, prayers, intercession, and giving of thanks be, be made for all men, for all men, for kings and for all who are in authority, that we may live a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior who desires all men to be saved and to come into the knowledge of truth." So if we look in the news, 2020 has been almost anything but that. Now, I know there's been pockets of peace in there, but we see a lot of turmoil in our nation. We see a lot of different um, issues and people challenging one another and coming against other people and hurting people. And we see uh, situations where the gospel isn't being promoted. We see in situations where darkness seems to reign, but God is greater. Light always conquers darkness, but he wants to use you and I to be able to promote him, to be able to shine the light on a dark world, to let them know that he reigns, that they'll see our good works and they'll glorify our Father, which is in heaven so that we live in peace in peace, and quiet and peace with one another because he desires all men to be saved just as Paul was talking to Timothy here and to come into a knowledge of the truth. He's using us to be able to do that He's using us to be able to share that truth with other people. And then the last scripture that I want to share is in Titus 3, 1 and 2. It says, remind them to be subject to rulers and to authorities, to obey, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to be peaceable, gentle, showing all humility to all men. Now, when we're subject to the rulers and the authorities, there was a line that Daniel drew, and he drew that a couple of times. And you see that again in Daniel 6, with Daniel going to the lion's den. He drew a line and said, there's certain things I'm not going to do. I'm going to continue to honor God. If there's something that you're asking me to do that dishonors God, I'm not going to do it. Or defile myself because I want to live righteously before God, I'm not going to do it. So in that case, I'm going to I'm going to be subject to the rulers and authorities, but I'm not going to defile myself. I'm not going to live in a way that will dishonor God because of that. But I'm going to be I'm going to be obedient to those things, to the rulers and the authorities and be ready for every good work to speak evil of no one. And so many times with so much going on as believers, let us speak evil of no one to be peaceable and gentle and showing all humility to all men. Let us not forget that we were created to glorify him. This world is not eternal, but there is one being prepared for us. There's an eternal existence with God for us. And we want to make sure that we feel heaven We feel the kingdom of God, that others come into the knowledge of the truth, and he's going to use us to be able to do that. But for us to make the gospel palatable for others, we have to be gentle. We have to be able to be peaceable and to show all humility to all men. That includes those that may not agree or or share our political beliefs. Our political beliefs are getting in the way often of us being able to promote the gospel, to be able to show others that we are Jesus' disciples by our love. That should be our identifying mark. Just as you see the signs, I've seen some signs in our city that said like Jesus 2020. It's Jesus 2020 in every year. But let us promote him so that he may be glorified through us and that through us, he may get the glory. So I pray that this message is just really short, but I just wanted to share what was on my heart and what God placed on my heart concerning uh, this presidency and how we should go about that. And I pray that the Lord will help you and bless you and that you will choose to honor God, to live righteously and let him do the rest. And until the next time, may the Lord bless you. Keep looking to the hills. God bless.